It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are in week three of June, and Debbie, it has been an amazing month as we've yep. already talked to two amazing dads, your dad and my stepdad. And as I reflect back on those two conversations, and perhaps our listeners would reflect back on those two conversations as well, um, your dad and my stepfather, they're in that same generation. And I think we've taken away from those two conversations, the wisdom that comes from that that generation. But what I really took away was this um, gratitude for what these two men of God have walked through many, many years, their road with Jesus and all of the wisdom that we can uh, gain from that conversation. Uh, But today we have another special dad with us in our month of dads, and he is a friend to both you and I, Deb. Why don't you introduce our special guest? Oh, I would love to. I would love to welcome you to Beyond the Building, Zoltan Hall. Zoltan, how old were you when, when we met you and your brother and your mom and you came and spent some Christmases with us at our house. And I have loved watching you grow up into the phenomenal man, the phenomenal husband and a super phenomenal uh, papa. So thank you for joining us on Beyond the Building. So since we have a long history together, you and I, um, not everybody else knows about you. So what can you, a little bit can you tell us about yourself? Well, I am... Like you said, I am from Jamaica originally. I did come to the United States when I was 19. And um, yeah, and we've been a W, we're a WFA straight up until, you know, we actually went, we were here forever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, uh, but no, it was, um, it was interesting. It was definitely a huge change and shift coming from a country like Jamaica to come to the United States. And um, I will say that, I think probably parenting for me now, I realize has been a huge undertaking as far as learning because culturally I have cultural differences from the United States, but I also have been here now for over 20 years. So I, I say to people all the time that, you know, I, at one point, at some point, I actually crossed over to where I'm just as much American as I am Jamaican because <laughs> I was in Jamaica for like 20 years and now I've been in America for over 20 years. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty nice, even, you know, yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that so much. And uh, it's funny because I've been, I've actually been meeting uh, new friends. You know, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, and I've been meeting new friends. And so many of my new friends uh, are from Jamaica. And so we're a little uh, country, but we're everywhere. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think it's fascinating. And to learn the culture, even what you're talking about with your first 20 years, I think that's, it's really just, it's really beautiful. Um, Now, one of the things that we know about you, and I'm not sure we've introduced this yet, but you are a dad of boys, right? You are a dad of twin boys. And that is uh, exciting and amazing. And while I remember being at uh, Wilmington First Assembly for a short time and knowing you as uh, somebody who was involved in ministry and music uh, at the church. You know, we are now at another church together and I see you in that same role uh, leading worship and using your gifts and music. But one of the things that I see about you now is when, when I was at Wilmington First Assembly, you weren't a dad yet. 
and you know, right. every every Sunday you and Jerry Lynn uh, come in with your two boys, and I love uh, the dynamic there watching watching you with your boys. But I've also gotten to know your relationship with your boys uh, through your Facebook posts. And I love that. It's it's funny when I scroll through Facebook, um, I don't watch all the videos that I see, but I always watch yours. Oh yeah. And I I think one of the things that really uh, grabs me is you have so much fun with your boys Mm -hmm. and uh, you even have a twin, uh, a fun name, right? A fun name that you have for your boys together. So can you share that name with our listeners and uh, how you came about with that, that fun name? I, well, I wish I could tell you how, I don't know, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but twinges is what we, we call them. And I don't know, I, I think a friend of mine probably just said it on the cuff and I heard it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm using that forever. So me and Jerry would just hang on, on to it and we've been using it in all our posts, hashtag twinges. And um, I mean, now they're doing karate, so maybe it's even. See, that's it. That's, that's it. it. It's twins <laughs> and ninjas. Twin, yeah. So it's yeah. twin yeah. and ninjas. So now they're doing karate, so it's even more true. That's now. right. And um, yeah. So, but I think probably if I had to try to be all deep about the name, which it was not, but if yeah. I had to be deep about it, um, I'd say that really and truly, the boys kind of it's latched on, they've kind of embodied it because they are so close. They're so Mm. together um, that they do everything together. So they're they're like, and I say to them all the time, I'm like, you guys have the coolest situation and arrangement being twins. You show up everywhere with a friend. Mm, Like they never go anywhere where they're the only person. So it's like, they are twins. They're like, they're comrades in arms, always together. when the pandemic hit was it wasn't as difficult for them because they were they had each other they actually yeah. didn't even want to go back to school they just wow. wanted to stay home and do home wow. learning. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome i think it's one thing we're going to hear as you start sharing your story a little bit you have a phenomenal way of spinning uh truth into a really attractive way for your kids you know, where some parents might be like, you know, there's this pressure between the boys. You spend, like, you show up everywhere with your friend. Just the perspective yeah. that you have and how that you continue to communicate that with your kids. That's one of the things that, like Laura said, she watches your videos. I do too. And I've, I've reached out to you over the years saying, I just love right. watching how you speak to your mm-hmm. kids because you paint a picture of boys. This is valuable. This is strong. You hold on to this. Don't forget this. And even just the idea that they show up with their best friend. I've never heard a parent of twins phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that's just, it's the kind of thing that it's why you're here is because we want other people to hear your perspective. Now, Zoltan, we know that faith is a big piece of your family. And my goodness, listening to Jerry Lynn and, and your mother-in-law, Barb, faith is woven through both sides of your family. Uh, And that's the way you and Jerry Lynn are raising your kids. Can we hear a little bit about your personal story? How did you find Christ and and what's your testimony? Because that impacts the foundation that you're laying for those twinges. Well, I was that I was, I mean, I was going to church before I was born. I always tell people that I was in the church from my mother's womb. 
My mom was a Christian. So I, was, I was at church. I say to the boys, I laugh now because, you know, we didn't have children's church and all that stuff. We didn't Sunday school. And you go to church and you to get just a breath mint. You have to sit in regular church. And grandma <laughs> would give you, or mom would give us a little icy mint, is what we call it in Jamaica. So a little breath mint that you just stuck on that hold this and sit there and be quiet. So <laughs> going to church and going to church, going to church on Sunday morning, like everybody went. And it was mm. it was an event. Like the shoes that you wore had to be the shyness that they have ever been. Like, you know, it was just there is mm. this um awe or this um it was sacred. It was family, it was it was and I, really my love for church I got from watching my grandmother. Mm. I'm extremely close to my dad's mom. We are so close. Like the only mm. person that is probably closer to me as as close is my mom. Those two people. Mm. So I grew up watching her and they call her Sweetfoot because <laughs> so she's the pastor. She preaches. She preached for years. She's uh, turning 90 this year, actually. Wow. And I, that's where also where I got my love for worship and music mm. because my entire family, my mom, my mom sang, she sang um, with a little group when, you know, I was, I grew up in the country. I mean, barefoot, no electricity, no running water. Like we, not country like you have here where you'd be like, oh, yeah. you just go out and you just hang. No, no, no. This is country, country. Like there is <laughs> no electricity. There was one television in the entire neighborhood. And, wow. And we had one, one TV station. Jamaica Broadcast Broadcasting Corporation. And so everybody would just go over to watch through the little the window to just see the thing. So I church was was it. That was the event in the in the in the community. Everybody went to church and every church event I mean, we would have to walk miles to go to different church events because we didn't have cars and you know it was just we but it was everybody was just so committed. It was mm-hmm. so because so I grew up with that level of commitment and just watching my grandmother preach and when she would dance it's it's almost like she would glide across the floor that's what they call this people it was just it was it was a beautiful thing to watch and watching people just enjoying jesus and just enjoying church was not boring for me it was fun i mean watching the adults worship was amazing for me and it's interesting because that's one of the things that I've been in the back of my mind, like even at our current church, I have been thinking, I'm like, you know what? I feel like I want the kids to be a part of mm-hmm. the main worship and then go to children's church. Because I know for me, what I experienced, I want the kid, my kids to see me worshiping. I want them to see mm-hmm. Jerry worshiping. I want them to see their grandparents worshiping. And, you know, because I know that was a huge, huge part for me. I sang in church i grew up learning to play the tambourine i mean i i used to dance in church because i'm from jamaica i mean we, we go to church <laughs> we dance <laughs> but no that was <laughs> that was where i grew up and i mean you remember um you remember when i started at at, at wfa i mean i could not stay i'm a little bit yeah. calmer now so i'm older i'm older yeah. now so you know <laughs> you know i don't have as much energy as i used to mm-hmm. but i mean i couldn't sit still for a uh-huh. lot for me and but that's what I was used to. But I think that, if anything, I would say that is my biggest thing. So it's almost like when I got saved, I always used to joke. I'm like, well, I feel like I was always <laughs> saved. I got saved and when I was 14. Um, but I feel like I got saved. No, that's it when I was 10. 
and I got filled with those fruits when I was 14. But I feel like I was saved from like two mm. because I didn't know anything else. And I was just 100% committed. And I really feel that watching my grandmom, my mom, and just watching all the people around me just so com completely committed to God, it was almost like undeniable for me. Mm. It was just, it made, and I think it, that, if anything, I think is something that I want for our kids is for them to it's not just telling them but it's also for them to see us in action and I really think that something that I probably will talk to you know that's I don't know if that's saying that on here but I probably will talk to pastor or pastor Mitch about it because it's been on my mind for probably the past mm -hmm. year about mm -hmm. having the kids be a part of worship I think it's important for them to see adults mm -hmm. worshiping yeah. And that is the example that they're going to follow. I think they need to see that. They need to see how we enjoy it, how we fall down at the altar and cry, how we can call out to Jesus, how we pray. Um, and they, they, I think they need to see that. So, Wow. I mean, honestly, this leads us right into the next question we were thinking about asking you, but I have to stop before we go there, because I, as I'm hearing you talk about your childhood and your passion for Jesus and one TV, right? And everybody went to church and everybody walked and it was the primary thing. I'm thinking about the fact that we live in a world right now that is full of so much distraction and so many Fraction. voices, right? Mm -hmm. And you were undistracted in your, yes. in your growing up. It was Jesus. It was church. It was, this is how we walk. This is what we do. We are family and we are the family of God. And there were no other voices pulling you the other way, right? <laughs> because yeah. everybody was all in one accord. I just think that is that honestly, that is a gift to, to be raised that way. We don't, we yeah. don't know. We don't know that when we were raised here in America, because we are not, yeah. you know, it's not, we don't have, we didn't have that uh, privilege of just being undistracted like that. So, um, wow. I didn't know all these things about you, Zoltan. <laughs> and I really am, I'm learning a lot. And I, I really, what a, what a great, what a great way I can, to I'll tell you something that you just reminded me of. I remember the very first time that I sang at a church in front of a large crowd. Um, and it's a memory that I cherish. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that that was like the birthplace of praise the worship for me. Mm -hmm. If I had to pinpoint it, I was, I think, six years old. And my mom was doing, there was like a, like um, a crusade that was happening in an area um, in, in the country. And so it's a huge gathering, all the churches in the area, a lot of people. And there's a song that my mom was actually on stage singing. And it, um, see, you're going to get the singing anyway. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> so the song goes, um, and it's, it's in Patois. I'll try to not have it be too harsh, so you can probably understand where it says, you can't catch me again. Satan, you can't catch me again. You hold me down for a very long time. I wanted to go, but you wouldn't let me go. Now I'm free. You come running after me, but you can't catch me again. And wow. that song was singing and everybody's just going. And I remember my mom called me up on stage and gave, because, oh, I would just sing in that song. I just used to love that song. So she called me up to sing the song. And I mm -hmm. never forgot, know exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing a black vest, black pants, a little black bow tie, white shirt. Oh. Up, 
And I got up the oh, I sang that song. I can't catch me again. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That is so good. Thank you for singing. <laughs> that was awesome. And I, I love those words even. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I just love it. Um, so reflecting back to that uh, mindset and heart for worship, even that it that started, it sparked young, right? As a kid. And so my next question for you really goes back to that, because if you were to look at your relationship with God and your upbringing, I was going to ask you, what are the three things that you have worked to model uh, for your kids in, in their life? I think number one, you'd probably say that, Hey, when I was a kid, God instilled this passion for worship in me. And I'm imagining one of your things is you want your kids to be passionate worshipers, but you know, what, what is that? You can talk into that, but then also what are some other things that, you know, we don't do it right all the time, but what are those, some of those things that you try to model for your boys um, so that they can see how deeply God loves them? Well, I think the first thing that I, I had to come to, because I, my mom was a single parent growing up. Um, and so she was a single mom growing up. So I didn't have a really strong relationship with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and so it affected also my relationship with God because God is father. And I could not understand how it, I didn't realize it until, of course, I was much older. I actually didn't realize it until I was here in this country that I came to terms with it, where I realized that I had issues with God. I had issues with God because he is masculine and he's a father. And I did not have a relationship with my own father. So it was difficult for me to be as close to God as I probably would want to or should be because there was this block there mm -hmm. because of my relationship with my father, the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the number one thing for me with my kids is to have them know that I will always be there and I will always love them. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing because that's something that I never experienced from my own father. So that's the first thing. And I, I remember when I was a kid, and this might sound crazy, but <clears throat> when I was growing up, I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted two boys. I don't know why, but that's, I knew I wanted two boys. I knew I wanted kids. I always knew I wanted kids. And I always used to stay. And if you even ask my mom, she'll tell you. I will say, you know what? One thing I know is while my father was never a good father to me, he showed me what a father is not. Mm. So, so, so I was like, it's almost like I was thankful for a lesson as far as what not to do. That's mm -hmm. how I always looked at it. I was like, you know what? I know what I'm not going to do when wow. I have kids. And the number one thing is I want them to know that I'm always there. And that's wow. so, because that who, that's who God is for us. So as a father, that's what I want my kids to know. I want them to know that no matter what, I'm going to be there. And it's interesting because we had a Father's Day a few years ago and Jerry had gone around the table and she had this really cool idea to have everybody share stories about their father and i did not when it got to the boys vj um vj started crying and i was like what's wrong with it we we're actually at ihop and he he just started crying he's like it just daddy it's just he saved me when I was going to drown. And I honestly have no clue mm. when that happened. 
I'm not even, I'm just being Aww. honest. I don't remember ever saving him. But the thing is that they were never in the pool without me. So for me, if I see them go down, I just grab him, pull him up. But I, for him, it was scary. But he would just remember the fact that in that moment, mm-hmm. when he was going on there, I was right there to pull him out. Wow. I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, so you had to dive into go. So I was right there because they now know how to swim. Mm-hmm. But until they knew how to swim, I never let them go into the, no, they were never going to the pool without me. They were absolutely wow. not. But I never knew that. And then when he got to Jay's on, he actually said that the thing that I love about dad is that he's there for everything. And that was amazing for me because that is ultimately it. I mean, I know you said us firstly, but that is the number one thing for me is Mm -hmm. for them to see that. I want them Mm -hmm. to know that as their father, I'm going to always be there. Mm -hmm. As their father, I'm going to always love them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I say that to them all the time. I tell them that, listen, there is nothing that you're going to ever be able to do. I said, I might not be happy with things that you do. I might be disappointed. I might even get upset. I might get mad. Whatever. You might get punished. But <laughs> it will never, ever affect my love for you. And I'm very real. And the other thing that I say to them is, um, if I guess this could be number two, is I tell them that, listen, I will not lie to you. Mm. I said, I want you to be honest with me and I will always be honest with you. I said, I might not like what you have to say. I might not agree, but you don't have to ever worry about hurting my feelings. And this is something that I think about God as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want my kids walking around wondering if they do something to offend me or hurt my feelings that somehow I'm going to retaliate or lash out from a hurt place. I'm like, I tell them flat out you cannot hurt my feelings. Mm. You don't ever have to worry about my feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't want, they're 10. They should not have to. That They should be able to be free, be themselves. That's who God is to us. We don't yes. have to walk around. You know, he has unconditional love. There is grace that abounds. So we can wake up every morning with new mercies. I don't want my kids waking up thinking that, well, you know, I don't know if I'd say something to dad. He's not, no, you can tell me anything. I, yeah. I would never. And so they started doing this thing where they would um, journal. And so I told them, I'm like, listen, because they started doing it. And I love it because I got to see I, it was like a, I was a part of their school day because they're away from me. I don't know what is happening. I don't know every detail. And when they come home, I'm like, I'm not going to say what happened today. Tell me everything that. So they right. started doing the journaling and I would they would just be so excited to bring it to us to read. And I told them after reading it a few times, because believe me, their thoughts, they're not all good thoughts in there. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, they're healthy thoughts, you know, they're normal thoughts and they're natural thoughts that they will have if they're feeling upset about something that somebody did, they'll put it down in the journal. Every feeling, anything happy, sad, it's in the journal. And so I said to them, I'm like, listen, I will tell you this. If it's in the journal, you won't get in trouble because wow. I don't want them to feel like if they put something down and I read it, then I'm going to punish their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they're just, it just so happens that they're putting their thoughts down on paper and to the point where they are coming home every day and wanting me to read it. I'm not having to go and sneak and pull it out. So I want that openness there. I guess that would be if number two or three yeah. is that I want them to know that they can come to me yeah. about yeah. it. 
because that's how God is with us. Like we can go boldly to the throne. And I want him to know, like, you can come and talk to me about anything. Amen. You know, you can say whatever in that journal. And even if I don't like it, I don't reprimand them about it. You know, we'll have a conversation. We'll talk about it. I'll talk about what they were feeling, what was going on. But it's never, oh, they wrote something in the journal. And they have to worry that if I read it, I'm going to chastise them or punish them. Or Because come on, God sees our thoughts. That's right. That's he right. sees the, <laughs> That's the right. actions and the stuff that we do that nobody else does. And we still get up every morning. He breathes lives in our bodies. He's still new mercies every morning. So I, that's also something that I tried to emulate. I think Amazing. listeners are are listening to a whole bunch of new ideas. You know, I mean, how many 10 year olds, Laura, do you know, are journaling and letting their parents read it? Nobody. I bet two boys just now. That yes, do that's that. right. That's it. But I think there's parents going, my kids would never do that. It doesn't, it sounds like the relationship you've been building with the boys has fostered this openness. And when your point is, I'm teaching them what the heavenly father's like, you truly are. I mean, you're, they're, they're going to have an easier segue to trust the father because they trust you. I just, it's overwhelming. You know, we've done a lot of speaking with fathers who raised girls and um, I think it's time to keep it fair, right? And give a chance for uh, boy dads out there to be able to uh, be encouraged and hear from you because it is a whole different, first of all, I raise boys and I will tell you that raising boys is a different animal than raising girls. You know, it's a whole different experience, but Zoltan, what is a big deal to you about um, raising strong Christian men? Cause you're raising the next generation of, of men uh, who are going to be leaders, who are going to be kingdom minded men, right? What, it, what would you say to that? What advice would you give these boy dads? Because they're raising young men for the kingdom. What I tell my kids is that, number one, I parent you and I father you based off of who you are. I, I am not the parent or the father of every child at your school. Mm. I'm not the parent or every father or every kid out there. Um, my expectation of you is because I know who you are. Mm. You're my son. I know what you're capable of. I know if you're not trying hard enough, if you are beating yourself up too much, if you're being lazy, if you're angry. So I, I tell them, I let them know, I'm like, listen, you do not have to. Well, first of all, the only time I tell, I tell my kids the only thing, and if I call them down right now, they will tell you what is the only thing that I ask. And the only thing I ask of them is that in any situation, they do their best. Mm-hmm. That is what I, I, I ask them because I don't want them to feel like I will. I push my kids, I motivate them, I push them to do whatever, but they choose. Um, and I feel like a lot of times, especially with raising young men, raising men, um, and I know because I did not have a father. Um, I was blessed with a strong mom, a wonderful grandmother um, of strong women that were around me, um, but I did not have a father. And so one of the things that I think about is I know that I am not afraid to be emotional. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not afraid to express my emotions. Um, I think Jerry and I um, have allowed us to be able to feel that whatever emotion they're feeling, it's okay. They don't have to 
be macho or they don't have to be, you know, like hold it in. Like it's okay if they want to cry or if they want to, you know, those feelings and those emotions, it's okay to express them and feel those things. Mm -hmm. I think giving, giving our kids room to be themselves, if that makes sense, Mm-hmm. without having to wonder or whether or not they're being judged or criticized mm-hmm. by not only you, the parent, but they already are going outside. They have to deal with kids every single day that are going to be criticizing what they wear. They're going to be making fun of the way their hair looks or the way their face looks, or maybe, you know, they're going through growth spurts and maybe their torso is short and their legs are long. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, <laughs> they're having to deal with that every single day out there. <laughs> no, I know because that was me. So I was hurt for growing up in, in, um, in school. So, um, so, you know, so, so yeah, so having, letting them know that, you know what, it is okay. I'll tell you one thing, especially Jerry. I mean, she drives me crazy with it sometimes. It goes overboard, but she, there's, I don't think there's a day that goes by that she doesn't tell them how adorable Aww. and how cute and everything. Like that. She just showers them with that all the time. And so if anything, and I think this is probably would be the answer. Have your kids, and this goes for whether it's boy dads or girl dads, have your kids every day walk out of your house full. Mm -hmm. They should be full. Mm. Meaning that when they go outside, they should not have to be looking for validation, affirmation, Mm. compliments for other people to be telling them. They should get that from you. Our kids, I will say, we tell them all the time, like you guys, there's no reason why if they get into trouble at school or they do something, I'm like, what was going on? Because I know it can't be because you didn't feel liked or you don't feel loved because if it's one thing and they'll laugh, they'll say, well, no, that's definitely not us. Like they need to, <laughs> children should walk, <laughs> children should walk out of their homes feeling full so that when they go out, and I think that's what happens a lot of times, kids are leave, they're not full. You know, at their home, at home, mom and dad isn't pouring into them, isn't showering them with love. This is a, it's like trees that are growing. That that love mm. is what they need, and so we shower our kids with that. So when they go outside, they're not even bothered. Our kids do not wear name brand stuff, mm-hmm. and they don't care. Mm-hmm. They laugh at other kids because even when kids bring it up, there, Jason will be like, "Yeah, but it's a shoe." You walk on the ground with it. That would be his response. Mm. Like, I don't care about that stuff that he said. You shouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, the clothes don't make the man. The man made the clothes. Just saying. So. <laughs> spoken, spoken as a model. Spoken by, that's right. That's right. <laughs> One way of it. Oh, wow. Well, no, honestly, that is one of the things that I really, has always been something that has been important to me because I know I had that. I was mm-hmm. very self-confident. And I want my kids to be confident because if they're confident in myself, my mom was poor. We were very poor. So, and I knew she was poor. There's not one time, like uh, my mom shares the story all the time. There's never once that we have ever asked her for anything going into any store. We've never made her feel mm-hmm. bad because we're like, mommy, can I have that? Or we throw in tantrums or ask her for, you know, a pair of shoes that were like the end thing. It never happened. Not even once. Because mm. we recognized that she did not have it financially. Mm. And we understood that it didn't matter. So when I went out, I didn't care about 
whether or not I was wearing the latest shoe or the latest brand, it didn't matter to me because my confidence didn't come from those things. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is important that kids have because they try to fill. If they don't leave out full, then they're mm -hmm. going to fill it with something else. Mm -hmm. They're going to fill it with Johnny or whoever is telling them something that, because Johnny seems happy, right? So if Johnny says to do this, then maybe they're going to do it because Johnny seems like he's full and they're not. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I was thinking as you were sharing, you know, when you're full on the inside, what's on the ex what's external, it, it falls away. So mm -hmm. when yeah. you're really, truly full. And I was also thinking, um, honestly, I was taking in so much of what you said. I was putting myself back there in that 10 year old girl. Mm -hmm right? With the struggles that we go through and how, how easy it is for us to get swayed by people's opinions, or again, all mm -hmm. the distractions around us. Um, but I love the fact also that God gave you your twinges, right? Because they're going through it together. They're two boys yes. that are full and confident. And you know, the Bible's all about two by two, Right. So they can yes. go out in two by two and they can be men who are confident in who they are internally. And it's almost like when maybe external pressures come around them, they're like, yeah, you know what? I don't need that stuff because like I got my brother mm -hmm. and we know who we are, right? We are the twinges and, and no one, right. Can, can take that away from us. And that confidence that comes um, from being built up that way. I was going to ask you, honestly, uh, you know, in this, in this crazy world that we live in, how do you, um, how do you keep your kids, uh, safe from all of the pressure and the distraction? But I think you've honestly just answered that question. Yeah, I, think so. <laughs> I think you've beautifully answered that question. So unless you have another thought about that, I think that you exude also this, this maybe goes back to modeling worship in church. You model, a, a level of confidence as a man of God and your boys model that because they model you. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I love everything you just said. Thank you for sharing. Well, you know, I, I, I think will so, say, go, go ahead. So, you know, actually I want to kind of bring it into this next thing we wanted to talk to you about because you do this through videos. I, I started thinking, Laura, we were talking about these videos that Zoltan does puts on YouTube and Facebook or whatever. It, it is, it is this constant stream of speaking and declaring the truth over your kids. And then you have them repeating things constantly. So that filling up, filling up, filling up, most of these videos are in the car head into yes. school. And so can you, because you're, we're asking you those questions about how do you ground them? How do you protect them? How do you keep them from distraction? Because your voice becomes the loudest voice. That and those the last boys are hearing, and the last voice mm -hmm. they're hearing. So you got to tell us a little bit. How in the world did you start filming these conversations in the car? And like, what's <laughs> what's your motive for doing that? And can you give us an example I, of the kind of theme? Honestly, honestly, the motive is just they are hilarious. Have you? Have they you are. Seen my kids? Oh my, they are hilarious. Okay, so it's like I have to pull it out. We start talking, and they start saying stuff. I'm like, okay, hold on, I got to get. And so. <laughs> They, they now, they get into it. So they will start talking to me like, daddy, are you going to record it? So they even came up with this thing where they want to, they want to call it, they want to start a YouTube channel called DadTube, where we put all the videos that we've filmed over the years on. Um, but that's how it's, that's how it started. I will tell you this, that it all really goes back really early for me, because from the moment our boys have never been to daycare, um, they've been home. 
with, you know, I, I basically were home with me. We kept them home. They've never been to daycare because daycare is a foreign thing for me, being from mm-hmm. Jamaica. I didn't experience it. The idea, of, so I understand why it is necessary, but I just could not imagine leaving that somebody else. Um, forget about the whole trust issue, um, but also mm-hmm. that those early years, that means that somebody else is spending all that quality time and that mm-hmm. bonding time with our kids. I'm like, Mm-mm. it needs to be one of us. Um, it, it ended up being me. And it's been like that ever since. And mm-hmm. so I potty trained two babies at the same time. That was on Facebook. That's on Facebook too. People have having <laughs> I was, I was posting videos of them day every day so i did a mm. six day thing that they learned they potted that potty trained in three days i potty trained them in three days but wow. there was just poop and pee all over the house like and i was making videos and posting it to youtube because that's what the the method called for they had to walk around and people it worked three days they were both potty trained wow. but it was chaos in here i mean but because the book did not talk about potty training twins it only talked about potty training one child Okay, so, <laughs> so wow. So I had to make stuff up on the fly because I was like potty training two kids at the same time. But you know, so they have been home with us. So it's been like that since then. And I will tell you this: that one of the other things that I have been really, really adamant about is summertime. So during the summer, most parents, I, I, a lot of parents, I won't say most, but a lot of parents aren't really looking forward to their kids being off for the summer because that means that they're kind of underfoot and you have to now try and find somewhere for them to go and you're paying for basketball camps and all different kinds of camps. And me, I could not wait Mm. until summer came because in my mind, once they started school, that was the time for us to reinstall all our values because now we have them all to ourselves. When they're in school, they go to school from 8 o'clock until like 3.30. They spend more time at school with everybody there than they do with us. By the time we get home from work and we have a couple hours where we eat and hang out, that's two hours a day before they have to go to bed and get up the next day. So we have them, what, two days out of the week, one day on Sunday, Saturday, and then two hours each day during the week. I could not wait for summer. Summer was my favorite time because summer meant that I get to spend all the time that I could with them. It means that mm. all the bad habits that they might have picked up, I get to weed it out. <laughs> I get to put all the good stuff back in and get all the junk out of there. I used, So that was basically it, from that early part is what led up to everything else. So the conversations came naturally because those were the things that we were doing even during the summer, they would go to everything with me. They've been to the settlement table because I'm a realtor. They've gone to show houses mm-hmm. with me. I mean, they've been to every job. When I was training training clients, a personal trainer, I had babies, they would be there. I have pictures on Facebook of that too. They'll be sitting there <laughs> while I'm training clients. Uh, wow. I think the only job when I was doing modeling with fashion shows, I would have them backstage in the stroller coming off, sticking a bottle in their mouth and running back on the stage to go do so. I was doing all of that because... That part is important. Before you know it, I can't even believe that they're 10 already. Mm-hmm. In eight years, they're going to be getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, where no. did 10 years go? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, know, I know. So yeah. I think that when it comes to as far as the videos, though, 
what ended up, the, <laughs> the videos, what happens is that we'll just start having conversations. They'll be talking to me about school stuff or stuff that's going on with school. And for one of the one of the things they talked about us for is Christmas. And my thing is that I Christmas has become so commercialized. And mm -hmm. so I took it as an as the opportunity to really have a conversation with them about Christmas. I said, well, hold up a second. I said, because the boys get a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff for Christmas. And I said, you know, this needs to stop. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you guys get up. What does Christmas mean to you? And they actually presents. Like, oh, no, 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 no. This <laughs> is not good. So I devised a thought process as far as how to change their point of view as far as Christmas. So I didn't say, oh, you need to stop. We're making Christmas. I didn't. Yeah, so I talked to them in the car and said, so let me find out, ask you something. Whose birthday is it as far as Christmas? And they said, Jesus' birthday. I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. Is Jesus' birthday for your getting gifts? Then they kind of stopped and thought about it. I said, so wait a minute. Does that mean that on your birthday, I can get gifts? Mm. You're like, no. I'm like, well, seems only mm -hmm. fair. You should get up on Christmas morning and you're expecting to get gifts on somebody else's birthday. <laughs> should you be giving gifts? Is, do you think that Jesus basically saying, on my birthday, I want you to just hoard gifts? Wouldn't it be that he wants you to give? Because what? For God's will of the world? And they're like, he gave. I said, exactly. So God's will of the world <laughs> that he gave. So it's like those conversations, it's mm -hmm. not... Oh, you need to stop this is trying to get them to think mm -hmm. about things in a mm -hmm. different way and mm -hmm. the most recent one and the most powerful one for me is the one that happened last year because the boys were having a really really tough time and i think it was after the pandemic and they started back in school they just were having a rough go at it they were getting into so much trouble they were and also they're really excel accelerated compared to a lot of the kids in their in their class because I've been homeschooling them since they were, I've been teaching them to read since they were babies. So I taught them based off of the Jamaican educational system. I did not, I wasn't familiar with schooling here. And so when they started the fifth grade, they were already like two grades, not the fifth grade, they started the first grade, they were already like two grades or levels mm -hmm. ahead. So that just kept going. And so what ended up happening is that they were getting into a lot of trouble in school. They were bored out of their mind. And I kept talking to the teachers about you know, trying to give them additional work. Um, it didn't really work out. And last year, it, the rubber hit the road when they downloaded, I think it was like $400 worth of video games on their iPads. And that was it. I mean, I, the Jamaican dad in me came out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, everything got taken away. All the stuffed animals, all the toys iPads, video games, they were stripped bare. Mm. And um, they started back school and I told them, I'm like, there's the only way, I said, you guys are too smart and too good and we have invested too much time in you. I said, I know what you're capable of. So I said, I do not want any, and it's not because I think that bees are bad, but I know that it's too easy for you to be getting a bee. I don't want to be. That year, that last year, and so we started having conversations. And one of the things that I would say to them is like, boys, listen, you do realize that going to school is your job. Mm. Not only is it your job, you can actually make money doing it. They're looking at me like, what? I said, listen, if you get a scholarship, that's them paying you to go to school. Mm. They will pay for your housing. They'll pay for it. So you literally, mm. so there's like, 
really? I'm like, yeah. So I said, you know what? I make you a deal. If you get a scholarship to college, I'll buy you each a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said to them, I said, it's not because I just love you so much. It's because you'll be saving me a lot of money. That's if right. you get a scholarship. <laughs> uh-huh. If you get a scholarship. No, they laughed. I'm like, this is a win-win for both of us. Yeah, if you yeah, get yeah. a scholarship, I don't have to pay for college. Yeah, right. I right. can more than afford two cars. One for right, each yeah. of you. Because right. that money that I would have been spending, I, a car is a fraction of the cost of the money yeah. that we'd be spending on college. So That's we came cool. up with the thing, if you want to ride, get a free ride. There you go. Ah, I love there it. That's awesome. <laughs> I if think you want these... to ride, so they say it. They're like, if you want to ride, get a free ride. Yeah, you got to awesome. get a free ride to college if you want a car. So they they will say it. They'll be like, I, when you go to school, and I tell them, when you go to school, I don't want you looking to the left or to the right. Those kids that are playing around and carrying around, you have a goal. You need to be thinking about the car that you're going to get. That's right. Saying, yeah, all that's that right. stuff is not going to get your car. They're not. You're working towards a car. So they tell their, they tell their friends. There, it awesome. happened where Jason came home one day and he was like, Dad, you know, kids are saying, why don't I want to play? And I thought I broke my child. I thought I broke him. I thought I basically had put so the fear of God in him that he would not even play anymore. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? Why aren't you playing? And I said, he's like, no, Daddy, I'm talking about they're goofing off in class and they're asking me why. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 we don't. We don't do that. And he told them, he's like, no, my, I, I have, I'm working towards something. That's how they feel. And once they started seeing the change, they started doing a lot better. They started getting yeah. home all A's. The teachers had nothing but good things to say. And once that started happening, Jason actually came home to me and said one day, he's like, daddy, I don't ever want to go back. I love uh, my life now. Uh, and I said, really? Wow. I said, you don't want to go back? He said, I said, you don't want to, wasn't it more fun when you were this the other year? He's like, no. I said, well, what makes it more fun for you now? And he said, because I don't have to keep worrying about getting in trouble all the time. Oh, wow. That's right. Wow. <laughs> that is so true. There's a lot of reasons to keep your eye on the prize, right? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, he's like, yeah, he's having my son. And I told him, I'm like, boys, listen, your mom and I, and again, this goes back to how do we emulate God mm. for our children? I said, mm. your mom and I love you. There is nothing mm. that we're not going to withhold something from you just because, mm-hmm. just to do it. That's right. If That's you right. want something that we can give it to you, we are going to give it to you. That's the right. The only time we will withhold something is if we think you're not ready yeah. or maybe you're not responsible enough. It's, you're yeah. just not ready for it yeah that's but right I said, that's if right. you can show and do the things that you're supposed to do you can get the things that you want and then we came up with the next saying if you do what you do what you're supposed to do so you can do what you want to do that's awesome so that was the next that's awesome yeah. i love those phrases too zoltan because right. I th- those are the things that your boys are going to remember and those are the things your grandchildren are going to hear too yeah. they're going to be repeated that's inside oh, yeah. of them it's going to oh, come yeah. out it's going to go into the next generation so mm-hmm. I love that. I, I I agree with Deb earlier where she said a lot of people are writing a lot of stuff down right now. <laughs> they're like, For they're sure. like, they're like, what yeah. did you just say? And yeah. what I love is yeah. I've heard you say the first part on these videos and the boys without t- skipping mm-hmm. a beat are repeating what they're supposed yeah. to say. Because so it's awesome. ingrained in them. And so the, the, so thing that I, the thing that I have them say before getting out of the car every day mm-hmm. is explode brilliance. Mm, that's great and that came out of um me talking to them and i said boys listen 
you guys have no idea just how amazing you are. Mm. And I said, the people at this school and your friends, they have no idea mm. how amazing you are. But I do. And mm. I said, I want you to go into school. I kept saying this to them every day. I'm like, that's how those. I said, I want you guys to go in and just not their socks off. If they would just see, if you would just focus and do. So I said, I want you to go in and blow their minds. And that's how it came up. I'm like, you know what? Go in there and just explode brilliance. And so they that's started. Awesome. That's what they start saying every day before you get out of the car. That's awesome. Like, what are you going to do today? Explode brilliance, daddy. I'm like, that's right. Oh, that's, that's what that's you're so going to awesome. do. You're going to explode brilliance just all over the place. And so once they started seeing that and feeling it, it's like the other stuff. And this is where I say about being full. The stuff that they were doing the year before and the fooling off, goofing off and whatever, and just slacking and just coasting through, they realize it's more fun on this side. That's right. It's That's more right. fun That's living right. up to your potential. That's it's right. more fun experiencing. And ZJ said something to me. I'm going to lean in and whisper. Okay? So don't let everybody hear, okay? It's not so nice. So he said, Daddy, you know what's really, really good? What's great about doing really well It's cool. I'm like, what, buddy? He's like, because he can just rub it in everybody's faces. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my. Because the, pro- because the problem is that think about kids have, kids are kids. Kids are going to tease. Kids are going to mean. But the thing about it is, for him, he finally has something that he did not have. To, now they're in, they're in school right now where they help all the other kids. They're mm-hmm. like the teacher's assistant. They are doing helping kids in math. Kids come to them. So they have this level of respect now that they've garnered from their friends because they're doing well. That's awesome. And they, li- they like it. They enjoy it. They enjoy the feeling. I That's mean, they're awesome. still kids. And they yeah, still yeah, yeah. mess up. Yeah. But yeah. it's night and day from when, and I sometimes, the beautiful thing for me when I look at my kids, all I ever want is for them to, and I say to them all the time, all I ever want you to do, guys, is just do your best. Amen. And, yeah. you know, we had a situation where we, they joined the swim team. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. But they, we had them go into the swim, join the swim team, and they only had like six lessons. And so they joined the swim team because the parents told us this is a really good way for them to learn instead of paying for all the lessons. We're like, okay, sure. So we signed them up for the swim team. They said they wanted to do it. They, <laughs> the first swim meet, this is, they only had a few practices. The first swim meet, I thought this was just a little play thing. No, it was very serious. Like it mm-hmm. was packed. People had signs. My boys had never even swam the full length of the pool yet. Mm. And so, oh and so they, they were terrified because they're like they had to do all these styles that they don't even know and I was like okay listen boys I said tell you what if you the first um meet that you win not today because this was their first one I knew they I knew they were gonna come last okay let's just be clear I mean they they didn't they barely knew how to swim yeah um so <laughs> so I said the first meet you win you you win they love um pizza hut but there's none in Delaware. So I said, I will go and get you Pizza Hut. Well, they swam. The first one hit the water. Now, let's just say that I never thought I would ever be one of those parents. The really loud ones. <laughs> sure you um, did. 
<laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I think those parents are, are ridiculous. I'm like, why are you carrying on like that? It's just kiss. Mm-hmm. The first, my first son, it was J, ZJ first, hit the water. Mm. I lost it. Mm. I lost it. Now, first of all, when he hit the water, I knew it was going to be last. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be mm-hmm. But the way I was rooting and cheering for him, you'd have thought he was Michael Phelps. <laughs> I was just like, come uh, on, come on, buddy. Uh, to the point where, when I say he was so slow that all the kids were out of the pool, they were packing up, they were turning off the lights, and my kid was still swimming. That's how slow he was. Uh, and I was wow. still here yelling, come on. When wow. they got out of the water, I literally was sobbing. I was so proud because in that moment, I could just see them trying their hardest. Like they did not give up. They had never swam, swam the full length of the pool. They could barely just do the doggy paddle. And, but they never stopped. They swam their little hardest. I, I, it was one of the most proudest moments in my life. And mm. that night I drove all the way to New Jersey and got them Pizza Hut. Oh my Aww. goodness. Well, that I think that sums up a lot here, Zoltan, as we as we start to wrap up and we think about even what you've just been sharing. You are constantly instilling confidence in mm-hmm. your kids. You're constantly instilling the word of God and the, the right way to live according to his word. And you are just like God showing, right, that there is a reward <laughs> toward walking in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that your that your boy said, uh, this is better. This is better. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. walking the right path is the better way. It's better. It's more yeah. fun. And so all of these things, as we as we wrap up today, I just feel like um, you've given our listeners uh, so real much. life experiences uh, that they can relate to and they can put into practice so many of the things that you've spoken to. And mm-hmm. um, so we just really want to thank you so much uh, for being here today. Before we go and <laughs> sign off here, though, you know, I know you've already sang once on this podcast <laughs> and I would love it. And you don't have to sing it, but, you know, I would like you but, to. But, you, but we really should. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we know that God has given you a gift of worship and God has clearly given you an amazing gift as a father to raise your boys. Is there a song that you sing around the house a lot or a song that your kids would go like, that's, that's my, dad, my dad, when they hear it, that you could share with us as we sign off uh, for a farewell here? So there is a song. It's not a song that I've been singing for a lot of years, but yeah. it's a song that I've been singing a lot of late. And so the boys, as soon as I said, they'll, and they sing it because they have boy voices but they'll try to sing it like me so um, but it's, um <laughs> it's i think they yeah so there and we have karaoke night at our house every wednesday fun <laughs> fun <laughs> yeah. wow the boys love it if we don't have it they're like yeah we didn't do karaoke this week um so <laughs> there's this song um speak to mountains that i just love mm. to sing I just okay. love to sing it. Um, why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? My God is so much better than all of these things. I won't be shaken 
my world be moved. My God is faithful. His promise is true. So I speak to the mountains. It's time to move. My God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much, Zoltan. This has been a joy. And uh, I do yeah. have one more thing to say. Yeah, this go will for probably it. be my final thing. Um, <laughs> definitely my final thing. But the the mantra that I say to myself when it comes to my kids is every day I want to be a better father to them than I was the day before. Mm. Literally, that's what I say to myself every day. I'm like, that's good. today, whatever yesterday happened, that's all well and good, but that's we're good. here today and I want to be a better father to them today than I was yesterday. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Amen. And I, I think that we just heard your testimony. I think that's what God is doing in you. Oh, you know, sure. just for, from glory to glory, Zoltan. He is just, uh, he is just really doing amazing things through you. Thank you for sharing that. That's encouraging for all of us, right? In the mm -hmm. places that we fail, we have the opportunity to do it better tomorrow. Better. So well. I just love that in our parenting, our grandparenting, or whatever it might be. Yeah, that's you know what I didn't even think about that. That's as parents, that's what we need because we we there's no manual. That's yeah, right. We're figuring. That's we're right. figuring this. Out. No, seriously, right. we're just figuring this out as we go. That's right. And we're that's pulling right. from heaven, from our parenting history, and everything. But at bottom line, is it the love for our kids? If it's coming from that place, then yeah, every day, every Amen. day, you just you get a, you get another you get another crack at it. Today's right. be better. That's right. Well, mm. thank you, Lord, for your grace, right? Yes. <laughs> and for yes. the mercy that's new every morning. Yes. Well, for our listeners, we just want to thank you for being here with us um, as we have had this really encouraging uh, conversation with Zoltan. Zoltan, thank you for being with us today and for sharing what God has done in you and through you and in your boys and in your family. Um, I know it's going to be a podcast that's going to want to be shared. If you have mm -hmm. a, a dad, right? This is June. We focus on dads. If you have a dad in your story, maybe a, a brand new dad, or maybe a dad who is in that uh, middle school or high school years. And they're kind of saying, oh my goodness, what do I do with whatever the situation is? Share this, encourage uh, others with the truth that we've heard here that really is founded on the word of God. Um, next week, we have our final podcast in our series on dads and we will be having two dads that are near and dear to deb and my heart uh deb's husband ward and my husband dan will be joining us and so it'll be interesting i'm excited to hear i <laughs> i want to hear what has to be said so Me i'm too. really look i'm going to be here i can't wait to hear what has what comes out here and uh, i think it's going to be a good one so again uh thanks Zoltan, for being with us thank yeah, you to our thanks, listeners buddy. yeah who have been here with us too um for Zoltan, Deb, and myself, we want to say God bless you. Um, and thank you for being a part of what God's doing. And take care. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.